Matt Creighton is the founder and principal of Publitics. They are public relations, public affairs, and political strategy consultancy. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So, uh, the, you know, the, the why is is kind of an interesting thing. Um, I, I ended up, uh, you know, getting into um, in, into the political work and then communications uh, sort of shortly thereafter, um, a, a little bit by accident. It's it's a very millennial kind of a uh, kind of story. But uh, you know, I ended up uh, graduating college. Um, you know, to the, the we're still feeling the effects of the uh, 2008 financial meltdown. Um, not a lot of jobs out there. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? So, you know, I found a job, didn't, didn't like it all that much. So I thought, Hey, why don't I try politics? I always thought that that was kind of interesting. So uh, I said, well, just give it a shot. Right. What's the, what's the worst that can happen? So, you know, I started poking around um, and uh, you know, to kind of get back to the reason why uh, I chose that. So number one, it was, it was sort of an interest of, of mine um, and had been, uh, you know, so I went and did my undergrad in history, political science, I was going to be a teacher, actually, that was my, uh, that was my uh, career path at the time. Um, and then, you know, did a master's degree, did the whole student teaching thing. Um, but I always had some some interest in um in in politics so like all right let's let's see how uh you know see what we can do and then the second part of that was i always thought you know young idealistic like i can make a difference doing this uh you know in, in one way or another um now it's funny because you tend to think uh when when you're young and, and a little naive uh, that difference you think maybe a little bigger than uh than it is but uh but you, you know you come to learn that you can actually make some very important sort of incremental differences along the way so that's that's sort of the why but i kind of got into it i uh, started poking around uh looking for campaigns that would hire me uh with no experience whatsoever so <laughs> i actually uh, tried to find a, a couple of campaigns that um were, were likely to lose likely to not be very well funded um because they have a little bit more latitude to kind of try some different stuff. So I was like, all right, let's, let's go in there and I'll help them with their social media. So it, that, that sort of kicked off uh, my career and I've been going ever since. So we've been uh, growing and, um, and it, yeah, so it's, it's definitely been an interesting journey. And you haven't had that idealism beaten out of you yet, Matt? Not quite yet. No, it's, it's, it's shifted. Um, it's definitely shifted, uh, which is interesting. And it's, 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 always fun when, you know, we're working on campaigns or, or we have a, you know, even a new team member who, who's a bit younger uh, than, than I am. I mean, you can see some gray coming in here. So it's, uh, you know, it does age you in dog years, I like to say sometimes, but, uh, but it, it does shift the, the idealism. Um, it's not that I'm not optimistic. It's that the, the changes, like I said, are a little more, incremental than uh massive you know shifts um that that you would expect right so like if i can just get this person elected then all of a sudden we're going to have this beautiful west wing kind of moment right aaron sorkin type thing and um and that's not it so <laughs> so you know you kind of uh, start to look in other places for for the successes and the things uh the the impact of, of the things that you've done so uh, i i haven't had the idealism beaten out of me so much as uh it's the perspective has certainly shifted yeah i i, I appreciate that um <clears throat> there's so many layers to it and it's been interesting or terrible over the past however many years probably 10 years that we as just the American public have been able to maybe 
see more behind the curtain than we had been in the past. Um, so just from my perspective, there's just so much to it. There's so much going on in the business of politics and, and governing. And then I see candidates like RFK and Vivek, who RFK is obviously um, as famous a political name as as you could have. And then Vivek is the opposite of that. But they're they're non-traditional candidates. What are your thoughts on on them? Yeah, I mean, I think the mold largely has has been um, broken in in some ways. So I, I think uh, candidates like them, and I and I, you know, will try to uh, hide my my biases a little bit here, uh, you know. But I, I think candidates like them are a symptom of of a long sort of brewing need or want within the electorate to elect people who they don't view as politicians or creatures of Washington or, or whatever it is, right? This, this sort of, for a lot of people, right? A far off land that doesn't connect back with uh, their daily lives at home, wherever you are uh, in, in the country. So, you know, whether you're in the Midwest or, you know, Northeast or South or something. It's just, so I think there, there, there's a little bit of that, um, that, that, you know, it's if we can just elect someone who's not quote a politician per se. And RFK doesn't necessarily 100% fit that mold because he comes from a very famous political family, but um, but it doesn't feel... So a lot of politics, like our politics have shifted a little bit um, in, in that it's a lot more about the vibe of a candidate than policy. Because if you ask people about policy, there are a lot uh, more... There's a lot more agreement out there in, within the American public than you would expect, right? Because, you know, all we hear about is how divided we are, how many, uh, you know, that one side hates the other side. And yes, there is quite a bit of that. But for the most part, if you're looking at core bread and butter issues, there is broad agreement across the uh, across the political spectrum in the U.S. So it's not about that as much as it's more about, about the vibe. And they definitely give off this vibe of, um, you know, not a politician, not an insider. When in reality, if you kind of dig a little bit deeper, it's it's the same same thing, right? Just a different shade of of the same color, ultimately uh, that that you're dealing with. So, so that that to me is is what why I think there's a desire for that um, that sort of thing. But um, and and also like social media too has kind of changed the game, just in terms of like a nuts and bolts tactical thing. Uh, it has enabled people who haven't typically had that kind of platform before to get in front of a lot of eyeballs and to, mm -hmm. and to make a case or to present themselves again, like peek behind the curtain. Like you said, you can actually show people what's behind the curtain, which I, is, is something that a lot of people do, but um, it's definitely changed the game considerably. I've heard RFK. I'm, I'm a bit of a political animal. Like I think many people have, become or been forced into or whatever. But I heard RFK talk about how he feels like this election will be decided on podcasts. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And the reason I brought up RFK and Vivek is just because I see them a lot more than I'm seeing other candidates getting out there and for lack of a better term, kind of chopping it up and long form type conversations. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, and and um, an, another candidate that did that really well in in the 2020 cycle was Pete Buttigieg, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, no no one had heard of Pete Buttigieg. I mean, some people had, right? Like if you're an insider, you knew that he ran for DNC chair and made a good run at it, and and got some headlines that way. But uh, the philosophy on that campaign was get him everywhere that will talk to anywhere that he'll someone will talk to him, he'll he'll go do it, <clears throat> and he did. 
and um and to to a great degree of success um i i think but but i i think that analysis is at least partially right that, that you know this election will be decided on podcasts um i don't think that's a hundred percent correct but it is um it, it is closer to the reality of of the media environment that we live in that's incre- incredibly fractured right you used to be able to go on the sunday morning shows hit a couple cable news spots and then you know everyone would kind of know what was going on now as we're watching cable news we're also looking at our phone screens we're also paying attention to some other you know thing that's going so our attention is divided in a million different places uh from um you know, in, in terms of age, right? People pay attention to different things. So, um, so it is interesting in that we are headed into a, a cycle, I think, and 2020 was a little bit like that, where so much of the political conversation in this country is taking place entirely out of the direct control of the campaigns themselves. You can run ads on TV, you can run ads on digital. Those are all very effective, very helpful. Things. You can even send direct mail, still very effective. But at the end of the day, those clips that you're seeing on social media that you referenced, uh, those things are taking place almost entirely outside of the campaign. Uh, and and so that that's and those conversations are not uh, super obvious to people who aren't on those in those places. So if you're not sitting on Instagram, TikTok, watching reels or, or on Facebook, uh, you may not see that and you may have no idea what kind of what kind of undercurrent is is out there. So it's really an interesting time to uh, to try to figure out the media mix and media environment, at least. Yeah, I'm sure <clears throat> sitting in your seat um, when used to have a lot more control over things and now some of it's out of your control. I don't not necessarily a good thing or, or, or bad thing. It's your perspective on it. And then working with a candidate who is going to go out there and spend an hour talking to somebody that must be somewhat terrified. It is, yeah. I, I think you have to make peace uh, to peace with the fact that not everything the candidate says is going to be exactly what you prepped or exactly what you talked about, or uh, you know, you can't control what questions uh, come up. So, so you kind of have to uh, let them take the wheel a little bit. Um, but I mean, that's that's the good thing about having good candidates is you can you can trust for the most part that they're going to do what it is. And I think that there is also a, a newer sort of emphasis on on authenticity. Um, so, you know, you still look for the polish, right? Does this person say the right thing all the time and are, are they perceived as competent? And and that that's all great. But I, I think there's some some degree of authenticity that that shines through, whether whether or not it's real authenticity or perceived authenticity, because I think there are two two different things, because, um, I mean, a lot of people can put on a good act and, and look uh, authentic. Um, if you're a blank canvas, you can essentially build your brand from the from the bottom up. So it's, so it really is an interesting thing to, to, or, uh, and, and slightly terrifying, like you said, to, to sit back and, and watch uh, an hour long wide ranging conversation sometimes on, on different, um, different things, especially since like we, we live in a very, uh, complex, broad, uh, diverse country. Uh, so the answers are not often simple. Uh, they're, they're often like the actual answer is often very nuanced, right? We want simple, right? We want like, this will fix it. I will fix it. But the reality is that it's, it's very complicated. The The answer is complex. It's not always satisfying and some number of people aren't going to be happy about it. So that's, so it's kind of an interesting thing to watch those conversations play out. Um, and then to watch it diced up into smaller segments where you're seeing the, the clips, right? So if you think about the audience of a particular podcast, there are a certain percentage of people that are going to listen all the way through. 
And then a much larger percentage of people that are going to stumble upon those clips as they're disseminated through social media. So, I mean, the audiences are much bigger than I, than I think are easily measured by traditional metrics. So it's really kind of an interesting, interesting thing. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Just because somebody spends an hour on XYZ podcast does not mean that that's the only way people are consuming it. To your point, people are an untold, unknown number of people are chopping that up and sending it out on their um, accounts. And so who knows how many actually eyeballs are seeing that. That's that's very interesting. Um, emotion versus policy. I, I, I can't remember exactly if, 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 if that's what you sort of how we feel versus the actual issues themselves. How much of the country do you think is 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 up for grabs? If if I did hear the right message, I would change my I I, I would vote for an RFK or a Vivek over a Biden or a Trump. Realistically, I think it's a very small percentage. Uh, ultimately, especially when you're so in a primary, it's different uh, because you don't have that signal, the partisan signaling that you would in a general election. Right. So this one's the R. This one's the D. I know who to vote for here. Um, so, so a lot of those attitudes are are very baked in. Um, and what you're really talking about is five, six percent of of the country. So in a general election, we're talking about uh, at least in 2020, it was something like 70,000 votes or so across a couple of states decided the entire election. So that, that's an infinitesimal amount of people, uh, if you think about it. Um, overall in a handful of states. And then again, we have this sort of quirk of the electoral college too, which makes things a little bit more complicated because you're not talking about a big national race that that race, not particularly close at all. Um, but if you're looking at these individual swing states because of the electoral college, it matters, matters quite a bit. So you're really only talking about 70,000 people overall. And I would anticipate that this election, this time around will be very close again. And, um, and, and the number of people that are actually persuadable and there are different, different shades of persuasion, I would say different types of persuasion, right? So there's persuading someone who supported you last time to actually come out and vote again, right? To not be apathetic, to not give up, on, on you. There's persuading people of your viewpoint on a particular issue or a particular candidate and, and swinging them from one person to the other. Um, and then, you know, there's persuading your base to actually come out and vote too. Um, and, and also persuading people who voted for you last time to not vote for the other guy. So, so there's a little bit of that, but I think that mix again, very small, uh, single digits, it's, it's not huge. So it's, um, despite the fact that again, I think if you strip away candidates, strip away all the policies, strip, I mean, strip, um, not the policies, but strip away the candidates and strip away the uh, the the parties on the ballot, um, you'd actually find out, again, that, that there's broad agreement, right? Like if I told you today, um, and, I'll, and I'll just give you an example, or if I walked up to, uh, you know, to a Republican today and I asked, well, do, you know, do you think it's a good thing that uh, we we bring manufacturing back to the United States? The answer is probably going to be yes for, for most people. Right. Well over 60 percent right, of, of people will say that. Um, would you say it's a good thing that we invest in our roads, bridges, uh, water infrastructure, pipes, you know, the stuff, the stuff that kind of just makes the makes the country hum? Most people are going to say yes. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden you introduce, OK, well, guess what? J Joe Biden has done some of those things. Do you want to do would you vote for the guy? No, no way. Those things are bad. It's that's no good. And you actually saw it like the, so. This is a really good real life example where people uh, with Obamacare, right? 
like the concept of Obamacare, extraordinarily popular. But once you label it Obamacare, right, you saw it in the polling, right? So some states were clever, like Kentucky, I believe, and, and um, I, I could be wrong about that. But there was some state that rebranded it essentially and called it like, you know, I don't know what it was called. Can, let's just say Kentucky Connect or something very innocuous. And pe- it turns out people like to have health insurance. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it turns Way out better than love- Obamacare crap. Right, right, exactly. So if you <laughs> poll them and say, do you approve of Kentucky Connect versus like Obamacare, for example, the Obamacare numbers came back terrible. It was like, oh, that's awful. Like, it's just government overreach. But this, this Kentucky thing, I really like having my health insurance. I like to be able to afford it. I like to know that there are, are caps on, on a So it's really, it is funny how our brains trigger that reaction. Um, so it, ultimately, it's got nothing to do with the actual policy or very little to do with policy. Because if it did, people would take take the time, which we don't have, by the way, take the time to read through these bills, understand what's in them, understand what's going on in Washington, which is why I think, again, going back to the earlier point, people have this idea that it's it's a very far off place where all this stuff is happening. Because again, it's very complex. Like it's it's complex and we've got enough to worry about. I mean, you got to take the kids to soccer practice, make sure you put food on the table, uh, you know, fulfill your professional responsibilities. Um you know, fulfill your personal responsibility. So there's a lot going on. So you, you can't really blame people for not taking the time to take a fine tooth comb and read through all this stuff that uh, that's going on. But it's so that leaves us with a, an interesting uh, situation where where really there it's it's a stylistic thing that you're ultimately having the argument over. It's what what sort of style do I want? And then and then again, breaking it down in the partisan lines, that makes it very hard to to crack through. So it's 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 a small slice. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's fascinating. So in. When you break it down like that. Is that essentially what your job is, is to figure out here's how we're going to present you because we could present you Mr. And Mrs. Candidate in a thousand different ways, but based on what we just talked about, the lens people are going to be viewing you through, here's what we're going to try to put forth. Yeah. Yes. To some extent. So I think what it is for us, for the most part is uh, you can't take raw materials that aren't one thing and make them something else for the most part, right? Like people are who they are. They're willing to do what they're willing to do. There's some very um, limited examples of people who are able to behave in a way that is entirely or, or put on a show in a way that is entirely unrelated to their actual personality, their actual viewpoint, their actual style. It's, it's, so that's, that's pretty rare. It does happen. Like there are some candidates, I won't again, name, name names. There's some candidates who entirely invent a persona to present to, to voters. Right. But that's fairly rare. So what we're doing most of the time is helping with the framing of the message. So it's, not always exactly what you say, but how you say it to people, um, in what context you say it to people, who do you bring into your circle in order to help tell your story with you? Uh, so th- those are a lot of the things that we do. We, we work with, um, with the candidates to uh, oftentimes like, how can we help you lean into your strengths? Um, you know, th- these, you know, these five things are very, you're very, very good at this. And these three things you're not so good at. And like, they're not all great at everything. I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality, right? And we're, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an astrophysicist, for example, right? I could not tell you the first thing about it. Um, I wouldn't even be able to pretend. 
So that's okay, right? So I'm just not going to do astrophysics. So I'll do the other five things that I'm pretty good at. So we help the candidates kind of lean into their strengths um, and develop that out and figure out who that resonates with and uh, who it doesn't resonate with. And then, you know, you just kind of figure out how to fill in the gaps around that with, with other sort of credible messengers who can help carry that message forward. That makes sense. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Sure. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Uh, so you just uh, type my name in Matt Creighton, K-R-A-Y-T-O-N. And I am the, uh, I think only one uh, who spells the last name that way. So uh, you'll find me, no problem. Um, you can also uh, check me out on uh, Instagram. So that's uh, that's our, our firm's uh, Instagram page. So that's Politics PR um, on Instagram and uh, also on, on LinkedIn as well. So uh, uh, Politics um, on on, uh, on LinkedIn. So that's that's where you can find us. And and we you know we try to post some uh, you know research and other insights to every now and then. Uh, to, you know on on some of the stuff that we talked about. So it's uh, so but always happy to engage. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Matt your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciate appreciates good ideas. You can find Matt on LinkedIn. It's M-A-T-T-K-R-A-Y-T-O-N. And then Publitics P-R, P-U-B-L-I-T-I-C-S-P-R on Instagram um, as well. So I'll link all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Matt. Thanks so much. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.